The privilege of a lifetime is to become who you truly are. I'm Adrienne McDonald and welcome to the Mindset Strategist Podcast. Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome back, or welcome if it's your first time. I know this podcast is delayed, but I had the old adult RSV, and I gotta tell you, 10 out of 10, do not recommend. Although, now, feel better, voice is strong, let's move on. Today, I want to take a bit of time to discuss self-sabotage. Now, I know that you've probably already heard about imposter syndrome and the impact of negative self-talk, and I, I do talk about those things. I think I might have even talked on this podcast about those things. But today, I want to go a little deeper, a little bit more nuanced things that I see, and for some of these, I've actually experienced myself. So let's get into like what is self-sabotage? Why do we self-sabotage? Well, it happens for several reasons, and it happens at different times within your journey. Now, these always stem from unconscious fears, insecurities. Everyone has them. Not everyone puts in the work to address them. So where do you start? And one of the first questions I ask my clients is, do you know what your self-sabotaging strategies are? And usually they might know like maybe one or two. It's like, ah, well, I usually procrastinate or I do this. And then we start digging in. And I hear a lot of, well, I didn't realize I was doing that as a self-sabotaging strategy quite a bit. And again, this is, this is a lot for this is unconscious. So I'm going to go over a couple of the ones that I encounter the most after we do some digging. Number one, an adverse or inability to receive. So I want you to think about how good are you at receiving when someone offers to do something for you? or when they give you a gift, or when they give you a compliment, how does that make you feel? I want you to notice how your body reacts. Are you cringing? Are you closing up? Are you immediately thinking, what's the angle here? Or perhaps you're already going to the quid pro quo. Like, if they do something for me, what am I going to have to do for them? When you have an inability to receive or are uncomfortable with receiving, you also have a hard time asking for help, which is yet another self-sabotaging strategy. These are very intertwined. And usually with people with high dysfunctional upbringings, childhoods, have a extreme amount of trouble receiving because trust issues or they'll go and ask for help from someone that does not have the capacity to actually help them, which is yet another self-sabotaging technique. And the voice inside their head will say, well, see, they, they, don't, they don't want to help me. You don't deserve help. Then another voice will say, see, I, I, you should have done it yourself. And you may have a twisted way of thinking of receiving as a weakness, that if you ask for this or if you accept this, then you can't take care of yourself in some way. 
and to combat this, you, you got to look at why. You gotta, and it, it's hard. Practice just saying thank you for that compliment. Practice not having to keep score if someone gives you something. I see this a lot around Christmas time. Well, so-and-so gave me a gift. That means I have to give them a gift. Or comparing monetary things. Practice asking for help with discernment. With discernment, people. Does this person actually have the skills and the emotional capacity, because that's important too, to help me do this thing that I need help with? Because it's got to be both. It's got to be the skills, but also the emotional capacity to help. The next one is value conflicts. Now, a value conflict occurs when you hold two or more values that are incompatible or in opposition to one another. This can, contru- this can create an internal conflict, uncertainty, and stress because you're struggling to reconcile the two in your head. And again, this could happen subconsciously. Now, if you haven't taking the time to think about your values, and most people don't. They just adopt whatever generational belief systems that they were raised with. This can actually create, like, this can cause serious havoc in your life. Because you say you want X, but unconsciously have a completely different conflicting value. And in some cases, a lot of cases, you're not even conscious of it. You don't know what the issue is. You just feel like you're on the struggle bus the entire time. Why is this so hard? So have you examined what your values are? Do you actually know them? And FYI, if you have, I would go back and examine them again because as your awareness changes, your values may change. They may change slower, but I have seen that happen. I've seen that happen within myself as well. Super easy example of this is around money because it's it's something that people can usually relate to. If you have a desire to make a million dollars, but there's a money story within you that rich people are con artists or that being rich is for someone else and not you, that's a value conflict. And that will impact you taking actions to get to where you want to go. You have to resolve those. Otherwise, your journey is going to be much, much harder than it needs to be. And in some cases, a lot of cases, actually, it'll keep you stuck. So you need to, what is it that I actually believe? What is it that I actually value? And if you struggle with this, one of the good ways of sort of digging into it is where do you spend your time and money? Because that's going to tell you a lot about what you value. You know, what's in your environment? Because that's going to tell you about what you value. Now, the next one is being attached to the how. So, hello to all the control freaks out there. You desire X and you want it to show up in a very specific way, usually in a way that is not going to be disruptive to your life in any way, shape, or form, 
or if it does disrupt your life in any way. It's very subtle and will bring no conflict. I want this particular client. I want this particular car. I want my book to be published by this particular publisher. Now, this gets a little tricky because when you have a desire, it's a dance with co-creating with the universe. So this one's a pretty common self-sabotaging strategy because we always, I think we all innately would like to, like, show me the plan. Because, okay, so let me give you an example. A couple of years ago, I set my heart on a particular vehicle in a particular color of a particular year. And that didn't work out. However, I've been doing this a while. So I know that when I set an intention, I know I have to release the how and sometimes even release the particulars. So I usually say, this is my intention and this or something better for the highest good of all concerned. And I did get the car, but it was a different year and a different color and actually, I love it more. So this and something better, that's your friend when you're setting an intention. When you attach the how, you stop the flow of energy. It cuts you off from source. You don't see the nuanced opportunities that may be there. This can also spin you into analysis paralysis. This is the people that I need a plan before I can start. And things don't usually work that way. It's keep keep you from taking the actions that you need to take to manifest the desire you want to, to have. This analysis, whenever anybody gets into analysis paralysis, most of the time I see people going down, I'm going to be homeless out on the street, especially with business owners. And you're like, how did you get here? And it's always the everything that can go wrong and none of the positive things that could go right because that, that's how our brain is wired. There, It's threat detection. So if you're attached to a particular desire in a particular way, it's often helpful to examine what your motivations are behind the intention. Because another thing that I see when people get particularly attached to the how is the there it's there's a secondary underlying desire there that's not particularly healthy. Like, are you looking for validation? Are you looking for attention? Or maybe it's the opposite. Are you trying to hide? Are you trying to turn down your light? Are you trying to turn down visibility? But if you are super attached to something like that and, and how something has to be delivered, there's some undercurrent there that you're not addressing. That's the message that I'm trying to get through. And you need to really sit down and examine what those motivations are. And the next one is playing Mighty Mouse. Now, you may not recall the cartoon Mighty Mouse. I'm not sure Mighty Mouse is still on the air. 
But uh, there was a little cartoon that used to say, here I come to save the day. And I could probably spend hours (laughs) on how this shows up because I am intimately familiar with this self-sabotaging technique. You can feel very noble when you're trying to help and rescue people so you don't have to deal with your own shit. It's, it's, it's really insidious. You know, I want to build a business so that I can hire all my friends because that would solve so many of their problems without really asking, hey, are they like, are they the right fit for this? Or was that your first criteria? And if it wasn't, then, then why not? Because here's the truth. When you start building your awareness, when you go down this journey and you, you want to take everybody with you, and the truth is you can't take everyone along on your journey. And usually when you start to build this awareness and things start to shift for you, you really do want to share that with everyone you care about. And very, very quickly, it becomes clear that most of those people, they don't want to hear it. So then you might try and uh, go a little harder. And most still don't want to hear it. And I want you to really take this in and hear me. It's not your job to try and make them hear it. It's their work not yours. One of the hardest things I've had to learn in this practice, it is not my job to drag my clients to their awareness. It is not my job to drag my clients to their, to realizing their potential. You know, people ask me what I do, and I usually say something to the effect of, I'm here to turn people's lights back on. That's what I do. I turn people's lights back on. I help them remember who they really are. And one of my greatest gifts is seeing through someone's bullshit to see their potential. And I've always been able to do that throughout my career. However, I've had to learn early on in my practice that I'm a teacher and I'm a guide and I'm even a healer of sorts. But it's the client's journey and their responsibility to step into their potential. And the curse of that sometimes, very often actually, is I'd say with every private client that I've had, that not a single one of them has realized the magnitude of potential that I see. Now, that's not to say that they haven't made great strides, built successful businesses, they've formed deep intimate relationships, fantastic results, happiness, freedom, all wonderful, great things. However, I can see further than they can. And sometimes they don't want to go any further. And you know what? It's more than okay because it's their journey. I'm not here to save anybody. And if you're a coach or an energy worker type, you especially need to pay attention to this because there are a lot of people out there working their own shit on their clients in the name of for their own good or convincing themselves that they're helping someone. 
And that thing of telling yourself that is generally distracting you from doing your own work. It's very selfish of you to try to play Mighty Mouse with everyone over and over again in someone's life. It robs them of choice and it's manipulation. Now, if your friend or family member, child, your client, etc., if they need help and you want to help, ask them, hey, are you good? Can I help you with that? Can I help you with something? Because like I said, this can be a very big distraction from doing your own work, from taking aligned action towards your own bigger desires. Remember, it always comes back to what is your true intention. That's going to tell you where your head is about this and also where your heart is about it. Knowing these different types of strategies that some people use for sabotage can be, it, you can, it makes you look at things a little bit differently. Now, there are many, many, many different ways <laughs> you can self-sabotage, and I'll probably touch on more in the future. Like I said, I could probably spend several hours just talking about this one particular subject, but I wanted to call your awareness to the importance of becoming aware of what yours are. And once you know what they are, then you can figure out steps to address them. And I've given you some ideas how to start with the ones that I've listed here. And I know this can be challenging, again, because the subconscious mind, well, that's where your blind spots are. That's where they like to thrive, which is why it's great to have a coach that can help explore some of these things. So I want you to give this some thought. Connect with me on social media. I'd love to hear your thoughts about this or your questions. And I look forward to connecting next Thanks week. Thanks for listening to the Mindset Strategist Podcast. If you'd like more information, check out my website at www.adriannmcdonald.com. 